0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, news, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Essential Apple Podcast, take two, after we recorded a show yesterday and then my Mac decided to blow up and take all the recordings with it. So... uh <laughs> Everybody's here well, we, again. We, we,
2: have to, we have to assign some blame here. You know, we to were mark. doing all fine. <laughs> and then our resident security expert on the show, a guy who has actually got a blog called doug.ee, telling us all about how to protect ourselves, all about how to stay safe on the internet, provides us with a website that not only killed Simon's PC, but also killed the complete flow of the podcast. <laughs> I'm still looking at Ling, uh, com, <laughs> and that's dot com. Yeah. Now, a, a disclaimer, it was, I think it was the thing that pushed Simon's computer over the edge, because I don't know any programming, but even I know this is just ba- basic HTML, and yet somehow the security guy... Manage. In fact, hang on a sec, you got us all to go to the same website and you're quite good at this old black hack- hacking thing. I see your game.
0: Mark, <laughs> be, be quiet or I will release those photos to the internet.
2: <laughs> oh, so you're the one writing those emails that has a compromised password saying, we know what you do on the internet. And I'm going, no, you don't, mate, if you think that's the worst of <laughs> the, most of my worries.
0: Yeah, I got two of those last week, actually. No?
2: Although the, uh, the the latest thing is Korea uh, seems to like trying to get a hold of my email address. They're the, they're the latest ones. Oh. Uh, and then uh, China decided to have a pop at my iCloud account, so I'm glad I have two FAs turned on. That's
1: the way. I have to admit, I don't actually think it was uh, com that was necessarily the problem. I think it might have been the yeah, straw that broke the camel's by. back.
2: Um, oh, they've actually got a sound on the website. Oh, bloody hell. Well, I'm here, but I might be a bit distracted. Again, <laughs> well, it's compulsive. It's I like the fact that so basically, leanscars.com dot com is a website selling cars. Forget your motor point. For, forget your trade centre Wales and all that sort of stuff. This it, this has a website where the VW Golf 2.0 TSI 16 valve 244 brake, 245 brake horsepower is the best in the world W U R R L D. But if you want a real Brucey bonus, go and check out the source code. And links cars, if you're listening, I'm well up for you sponsoring our podcast.
1: <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Right. Well, after all that shenanigans, um. This week, Apple has launched the iPhone. Are you iPhone... not going to introduce the other two people? Oh, so... no. Sorry, look. You all that talk, talk about links. Oh, look,
2: we've, just gone to the, we've just gone through the whole preamble of sort of setting up the show and buying a microphone <laughs> for Jim to come on the show. And then it's just like, oh, well, you needn't be bothered. And then you've got Andy. He's probably up early, sacrificing climbing whatever mountain he's got to bloody make me feel guilty for not being able to jog 15 minutes down the road coming on the show before you go to work hi guys how are you doing whatever time it is over there
0: yeah, i'm good Six thirty in the morning well 6 in the
1: morning i guess now
2: why, <laughs>
1: why, why you could have why? just said no you
2: know we wouldn't <laughs> hold it against you It is monday
1: no so as you can hear we have mark and we have andy j uh, at dougie in the slack room and we have jim hello jim Hello there, from a sunny and beautiful
3: day in Scotland. Uh, I feel a bit, bit uh, deja vu at the moment. I'm not surprised, don't we all? <laughs> I feel as like we've been here before.
2: I think it's around about now I was asking, is it time to open up the wine? Oh, and um, just to follow up, uh, on just to follow up on the, the follow-up that you probably didn't hear from last week's show, or last the show that we didn't record, it all went wrong. The bottle of red wine that was in the freezer is fine, I know that was worrying everyone here on the show but the <laughs> bottle of red wine that I thought was Prosecco that I stored in the freezer was fine
1: I told you it would be fine didn't I I told you it would be absolutely fine so, um, there we are Let's get on to some actual news before we get completely derailed in a Guy and Gaz kind of manner and go off downtown.
2: <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've, I've already got the link saved from yesterday. They'll crop up at some point.
1: And we, I'm sure it will. We 70,
2: quid for a toothbrush.
1: Who's off? <laughs> from Apple.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I held it in.
3: <laughs> and golf bats. Yeah, golf bats.
2: Yeah. 99 quid. I, uh... <laughs> I bet it's not even like got I beacon enabled on it. It's like does it find up in what, find my device? Like where's my toothbrush?
3: How much is the spare heads again?
2: <sighs> oh, God, Jim, I'm I'm starting to get one of my migraines Zero <laughs> <laughs> I am actually rubbing the side I, I don't know if you can say this on a podcast, but three heads are gonna cost you twenty
1: quid. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: you should <have> a <laughs> smile.
1: We are talking about what was it—the Coldgate Smart Internet Connected Bluetooth Powered Toothbrush or something? We were on the website
2: yesterday, and one of the one of the chaps on the show mentioned about the um the range of Apple devices you can get. Then that sent me a complete rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, this... I mean, it's
2: got augmented reality. I'll give you that. <laughs> Probably reality. the only thing that's going yeah, to that... be used for. What on earth is it going to? What is it going to show you? Up and down arrows and which way? It to does. Brush? Yeah, it, I, for what it looks like, um, I can't tell. But it looks like it maps your mouth. <laughs> yes, 3D <laughs> mouth mapping. Visualise <laughs> results on 16 zones, feedback, and identify missed areas. Oh, can what I tell a... you what you
3: had for your tea? Probably. Quite you'll
2: probably, um, probably go, oh, looking at from the stains on your teeth, you had a bit too much wine last night. <laughs> okay. So and if you would like me to give this a review, we have a Patreon channel, patreon.com slash essential.
1: There we go. Right, after all that, uh, this week Apple have launched the iPhone SE 2020 uh, and delivery dates have already slipped into May. Uh, Uncle Tim has been appointed to the Californian Economic Task Force. Zoom is in the press for all the wrong reasons again. And Google has a warning for Chrome users on all platforms to update to the latest version immediately. Um, so, let's start with, obviously, the biggest story of all, the iPhone SE 2020. Bit of a surprise, that one, wasn't it, chaps? Um... Oh, only four times the cost of a toothbrush. Indeed, indeed. Um, start... I'm going to rate everything on that
2: scale now. Toothbrushes. <laughs>
1: dear, oh dear. Uh, starting from just three hundred and ninety nine dollars, or uh, in UK pounds, including VAT, uh, four hundred and nineteen. Which for an iPhone and for the specs of this uh, phone, a very, very good buy. The only, the only well, downside for those of us uh, who are on, you know, older phones with bigger screens is the fact that it's only a 4.7-inch screen. Um, and if you're in love with uh, Face ID, it doesn't have Face ID. But other than that, it, it looks like a really, really good piece of kit. What amazes me on this one is they've managed to shrink the size of the
2: internal components. Maybe it's just getting rid of Face ID, but then you've got Touch ID. And you've got the same chip, the A13, as Ionic. the iPhone 11 Pro. That it, is bonkers. Is
3: it the same size of battery? Or is it no, a smaller battery?
2: It's a smaller battery. And I did yeah, have an article lined up yesterday um, on the comparisons. I'll see if I can find it.
0: It does. Uh, it's uh, one and a half hours longer than the iPhone 8 Plus. We, the uh Holy moly! For the XR, is, so the iPhone SE is about the same. So with the type, the battery difference is only an hour and a half difference between the XR and the SE. Um,
3: yeah, what was what I was meaning was, uh, was maybe that's how they get more space inside the smaller phone, with smaller battery. I've I've been very critical of Apple uh, over the last couple of years uh, regarding the iPhones and the prices and that. Um, you know, you started off with the XR a thousand pound plus. Um, and then you had you know the various watches after that, which were still seven eight hundred quid and above. Um, so I was very reluctant to move from my seven uh, plus um, phone to the XR. And the only reason why I went for it was I got a very good deal. Uh, I got a good deal for the trade in deal for the seven plus and some money for my Christmas. So basically, I paid. £200, £300 for the XR. So that was the only reason why I moved. But this this price, I think, is a good move for Apple. It's a good spec. Okay, it doesn't have Face ID, but Dutch ID is good enough. Um, it's a good size phone. It's got plenty of power, and it's waterproof. It's a good phone for um, a first user or a family, young family, you know, with kids.
2: Yeah, oh, definitely, I mean... I mean, the battery life is one thousand nine hundred sixty milliamp hours versus the eight, which is one thousand eight hundred twenty-two. But it's the same form factor as the eight, which I which I think I like. I think the iPhone SE and the small, small, small four-inch form factor. I think that had to go away. I think that was basically that was probably a little bit too small given the constraints of the phone but the not only that the user interface as well and it does, I mean, no matter how you look at this phone it's there's nothing not to like about it i mean it's got a same size screen extra memory the front camera is seven megapixels uh it's got the a13 chip why is it repeating the specs on here
1: yeah i mean it's got a 12 megapixel uh review uh you know main camera it's got um it supports uh the what is it portrait mode with six lighting effects um which is which is really good i mean that's uh, i think my 10r supports three lighting effects um it, it's uh
2: and also it's, it's dual sim as well and I don't know enough about it. Andy, is that something that you are aware of? Like, what happens when you use a dual SIM or anything like that? I am not trying to chuck you under the bus.
0: No, no. On my uh, eleven, I've got the eSIM. So, I when I, I have a my Canadian carrier is a eSIM, and then when I come back to the UK, I just pick up a um, SIM card and put that in, and uh, you can switch between which you want. You can set main line, second line, data on this line, data on that line. Oh, That's so simple. It's...
2: So it's so it's quite granular, gran granular. Then, so yeah. I, I've always been worried that I thought, well, if my if I went to Germany and I pick up a local SIM card, which we don't have to do in the EU at the moment, I was always worried. Well, I've got two lines being active. How is the data passed through? Where do all the notifications get being through? Do because you remember back in the oldie days when you had a, a dual SIM phone and you had to turn it off and turn it back on again?
0: Yeah. So you can you can you can have so you could have your UK phone line, but German data or German phone line and UK data. You can only have one phone line active at a time, but the data you can switch between the two.
2: Can you still get text messages or on both? Or would it just be, uh, let's say, iCloud on the main and then text messages on the other?
0: iCloud on the main, I believe. I, I never tried that. But I, yeah, your iMessage will work as normal, but the, the SMS will only work on the active line as far as I'm aware.
2: Cool, awesome. I've always wanted to speak to someone about the uh, the dual sim. Um, just coming back to the iPhone SE two. I've, I've my dilemma is I've got a ten, and it's getting a bit aged, and I, I'm sort of, I feel a bit sanded away because I've been trying to do an article for the YouTube channel, and I've been trying to do a bit of research on the ten. And when Apple decides that something is no longer for this world. They nuke it from orbit. I'm having to, to go on to the Wayback Machine to find anything about the first flagship iPhone to cost a thousand pounds. And I'm sort of thinking I could sell my iPhone 10 for about I've had a I've had a look again, another YouTube video coming up for about 280 quid. I could sell some other bits in Bob's as well. But I'm thinking I know it's not a downgrade in a lot of ways. But mentally, I feel like I would be further away from the flagship phones when they release them, especially when it comes to retail value. If you were going to go and get a new phone today, let's, let's just pretend we all had an iPhone. Uh, let's go iPhone 7. Who would go for this phone versus the 11? And we'll start with Jim.
3: I wouldn't necessarily buy it myself. Um, I'm too used to the larger screen and the Face ID, um, but I'm not in the market for a phone at the moment. Possibly. No,
2: we're we're doing theoretically.
3: Yeah, possibly might go for it if I was really desperate. The good the good thing about it is it's it's ideal for people who have, have uh,
2: uh,
3: Android phones. Uh, it gives them a way into Apple's world, and uh, it's a good price. Yeah, it matches a lot of the, the Android phones. So, um, but. No, I wouldn't buy it off at the moment.
2: No, but it, this is in um, theoretical world. So yeah. let's say you've you've got the money, you've got the resources, money was no option, and you had to get a phone. What would you go for?
3: Well, if, if it was a case of um, I had no phone, I was wanting to buy a phone, I would buy, buy that, I suppose, because it's a cheap cheap way into the. To you can continue with iOS and I include iCloud in and that because uh, I certainly couldn't afford to go for uh, what I would like to go for, and that's the eleven, eleven plus, uh, not the eleven plus, the eleven pro. Um, so yeah, I probably would buy it if I was desperate.
2: But what? So, but what? You, so, if you had the money, it would be the eleven pro. But if you were a bit budget conscious, then you'd have no problem going for the SE two.
3: No, I wouldn't have any problem going for it. Yeah.
2: Well, what about you then, Andy? What's, what's your take on this phone? Again, you know, we're in, we're in the, uh, the, this mythical land. We've got an iPhone 7. It's on its last legs. The screen's cracked. Every time you pull it up to your face, it basically starts giving you a nice shave. What would you be tempted to go for? Would you be able to justify splurging more for the 11? Or would you go, oh, you know what, I'd be happy with the SE2?
0: I'd go with the 11, I think, just because of the, the size, really the screen size I think once you get used to the bigger size it's uh it's hard to go down um i have an, a work iphone 7 and i struggle with that um, just with the size of it compared to my 11
2: i will so admit with, i sorry, go on
0: i'm with mac mac jim i'd go for the 11
2: i hope that when they do a redesign they make it a bit more rounded because I'm, I'm not a fan of this um straight edge design simon what about yourself
1: if you're on a seven or an eight because let's face it this this SE 2020 is in many ways like an an 8s model um it's based on the 8 you know 678 chassis um so it's got the you know the top bezel and the bottom bezel with your home button um it's got basically the same screen as the 7 and 8 um if i was on if you were on a seven and an eight or an eight and you were budget conscious, this I don't think many people would have a problem um changing to this new s e. It would be a big step up if you, however, have a ten or a ten R or um like the seven plus or the eight plus, then going down to the smaller screen might give you some um pause, you know. Uh, because, as Andy says, if you're used to a bigger screen, um, guy on um the MyMac Show has just said that he's ordered one an SE twenty twenty, um, because he has an eight plus and it's on its last legs, and he said the only thing that is concerning him is the smaller screen size, um, and you know, so next week he's going to tell us what he thinks about it, but um. I think this is a really really good uh, pitch from Apple it's very much pitched I think at drawing in new users because at that price I mean if you spec it all the way to the top if you go for the 256 storage model um that tops out at about 550 um so even you know even at the top end if you're worried about storage you're still not you know you're still not paying a vast amount of money relatively speaking obviously um, and I also think this is going to be a big pitch. I think this phone is probably heavily going to be pitched in what they like to call the emerging markets or the you know more budget-conscious um, countries. So I can see it being a big hit in places like India, um, possibly in parts of Africa. Um, I think this is very much pitched at drawing in new users. It's also, of course, an ideal um, purchase if you've got teenage children um and you want to um you know they're going to be hassling you for an iphone but you've been holding off on the grounds that you can't get an iphone for less than about 800 quid um this is going to be a a good compromise i think because it's as james has said it's it's very much in the bracket of a mid-range android phone well yeah well the what's it the
2: google pixel 4 is slap bang right in the price territory and it looks like a good phone and um, I would say the Google Four Pixel Four probably will beat it on camera, um, camera specifics. But the processor in this thing is just going to annihilate everything.
1: Yeah, I mean it's got it's got the A thirteen Bionic in it, which is amazing. I mean for what you might like to call a a budget, you know, or entry level iPhone, they've not held back. They've not gone, oh well, let's stick a. No, um, an eleven or a twelve in there. No, straight for the straight for the jugular with the top of the you know top of the line, um, processor.
3: If you're a current um, original SE owner, uh, you're probably not happy with the you know, the size increase on the phone. But but what you lose in size, you gain in the power and uh, features. I mean, all, all, the only difference between the SE and the the more expensive phones is. Um it doesn't have night modes, as far as I understand. Um you don't have the large screen and you lose the face ID. So other than that, it's a pretty good deal.
1: Indeed, it it's a
2: very but, good, deal.
3: But it is a good deal.
2: There is one slight thing that, uh, that Apple are getting dinged for. Uh no, for the one spec that has been glossed over, and again this might be a bit more in Andy's wheelhouse line, the it's got eight oh two dot one one a x wi-fi again andy not trying to throw you under the bus is that something that you're familiar with
0: it's just the latest uh wi-fi six specification isn't that so it is fully up to date with the um the latest wi-fi as far as i'm aware
1: yeah it has the it has the wi-fi six the only thing it doesn't have i believe is the ultra wide um chip yeah. the lidar chip so no, the u chip not... isn't it yeah the u for uh, for the ultra wide band or something i 'm not really familiar, but it, it to be honest if you're if you're the sort of person who's likely to be buying this phone i don't think you're really likely to care um you know about ultra wide It's. I just think for for the for the money they're asking, and let 's face it um as you asked you know in the show that never was you know do we think that the price has been? Pulled back a little bit because of the global situation, only Apple would know that it could be possible that they have shaved a a bit off the asking price because of that, but only Apple would know that, but I just think it 's a bloody brilliant phone, and it 's going to mm. sell it 's going to sell in bucket loads you 're going to see them especially everywhere
0: in, especially in enterprise
1: yes that 's also that 's also true isn 't it because if you are Um, buying phones for a team if you've got to buy i don't know 20 iphones for your sales team this is going to be ideal because well just on on price alone you know your um your accounting department are going to love this phone i can see
2: people at jam software who do mobile device management software going well brace the servers we're going to be busy for the next couple of days (laughs)
3: <laughs> and the other thing, uh the other, other benefit of buying that phone is your Apple Care is less as well. So if you get get the phone and buy the, the Apple Care along with it, you've got a really good really good deal. That's two years cover. Yes. Um they have It's a lot less than yeah. You know.
1: Yes, they've shaved um apparently fifty dollars price drop compared to the iPhone eight, uh, reducing the Apple Care to seventy nine dollars. Um and bear in mind, of course, if you um you can, as long as your credit history is good enough, you can also buy this phone from Apple on a on a um monthly payment, as well as your Apple Care. You can get a zero, you know, as long as your credit history is good enough, you can get uh, a zero interest monthly payment scheme direct from Apple, which will I'm make sure. that even more attractive to you know um. People on a budget. it would be
3: interesting to see how much cannibalisation from the more expensive models
1: uh, arms with this new phone. I'll be honest; I don't think it's going to cannibalise their more expensive phones very much. I think the you don't think
3: folk will go for the SE rather than go for the XR then.
1: Well, at the minute, you you might as well buy an eleven um, rather than the 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 ten R. Um, because I don't think there's much price difference between them, and the eleven is obviously has the newer chip than the ten r and a few more features but I just i I don't think this will you know the sort of people who are happy to spend eight hundred to eleven hundred pounds on their phone are unlikely to be swayed by the price of a cheaper phone mm. um but People who, you know, have looked longingly at uh, the idea of trying an iPhone or getting into the Apple um, ecosystem are going to be much more tempted by, you know, the, the option to buy something for £400 than £800. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's a gateway drug, isn't it? It's going to be a big in for a lot of people. I'm, I'm really sure of that.
2: I think that's exactly it. I mean, because again, I mean, I've got the iPhone 10. I would be, as much as I love this phone, as much as my head says I should get this phone because it's a it's a good replacement for the 10, my brain is still saying, but I know the 11 is there and if the 11 isn't that much more really. But then I've got the trade of if I went for 11, I'd only be able to get the 64 gig version, which for me right now would be absolutely useless because you've got three. You know, you'd have the cameras on there and all that and something. The one thing that the new iPhone doesn't have, which everyone was saying, oh, it's a deal breaker, is the old 5G. Now, I don't don't understand... The fuss about five G at the moment, even though YouTube is coming up with all these Germans on my screen saying this will be the brilliant thing for leading technology change in the manufacturing blah blah blah, and I'm going. I don't care. I really don't.
1: <laughs> I think five G has been at the moment really either overhyped. In the longer term, sure, but if you're over the next two years, again, the sort of people who are going to be tempted to to buy this phone. I don't think they're the sort of people who care about 5G. I think 5G yeah. is going to be much more about always connected laptops and um, business services and a whole load of other things which uh, have yet to you know come into existence, which will be powered by 5G. But the 5G rollout is going to take a good two, three years. I would say, well, I,
2: from from looking at the news, it's been sped up because there's no one on the streets, but there seems to be plenty of five G engineers knocking around at the minute. <laughs> yeah. Not to put my tin hat conspiracy. Put, yeah, yeah, on. put
1: your tin tin foil hat on. Um, so for what it's worth, um, the iPhone SE has been released. Obviously, um, I've got links here to uh, Apple's own iPhone comparison page, um, which compares the currently available iPhones from Apple. Um I've got um a piece from nine to five Mac which compares the S E and the ten R um and asks which should you buy and um they're both very, very good uh pieces to read,
3: to be honest. Um I'll sell, um by the bucket load.
1: Sorry, Jim? Oh yeah, there's will yeah, no I'll sell
3: by the bucket load. It's a good it's a good good deal from a finally well, afford the right price range. I mean.
1: Yes, I think it's about time. this has
2: always been the thing, isn't it? it. Yeah. This has always been the thing where it's like, if Apple don't release a cheap iPhone, they're going to fail, and they've never, ever, ever done it, and now out of the blue, uh, they've done it. But you sort of got to wonder if – do you reckon that they can reduce the price of the phone? Because are they doing the one thing that we thought they would never do, using these services and subscriptions, that they have to sort of faux subsidize the phones?
1: I think that's quite possible. Um I'm sure Apple like their like their margins. You've got to remember that an awful lot of the technology in this phone is existing. I mean it's basically the you know 678 chassis, so all the tooling for that exists. Um it's using um a lot of components that you know are already in manufacture. There's not a lot of super new tech in this in this so i won't say it's cobbled together out of old parts because it's most definitely not but you're not having to put up set up new body um you know tooling to make new manufacture new body shells you're not having to um come up with new technology for the home button all that stuff exists and it's all you know in their supply chain so a lot of that stuff is already you know repaid its development and um you know, original
3: setup. And the new shiny, shiny stuff's coming uh, with the iPhone 12, which is a completely different uh, uh, system inside it. So that'll that'll give you the the difference between the two.
2: I wonder if in in mythical iPhone land, if they've got a brand, brand new processor, and in a sort of way they're going, well, we've got to get rid of this old-fashioned A11 chip. I mean, sorry, A13 chip. I mean, that's just, when you look at, when you look at, the speed of the chip you've got to think does it need to keep getting as fast you know are the apps out there taking any advantage of it or are they heading for the the mythical guy device where you sort of have your iphone you put it into a docking station and poof you've got a computer oh wait it's called the ipad
1: (laughs) no i i think what they're doing there is making sure that although this is quote unquote maybe a budget device they're making sure it doesn't feel like you're being undersold you're not being palmed off with last year's tech um
2: yeah and i, th- I think as well is it's it's nice now that what apple have done is you're buying an iphone primarily based on the size of the device and the rest of it, for most people, they're going to be able to go, oh, you know what, I can live without X, Y, or Z. It's only the people like us, the nerds, that will be going, oh, well, I really need you know, the, the three cameras and stuff. Yeah,
1: precisely. I, I really think that for a lot of average people, this is going to be a fabulous, fabulous phone. And obviously coming equipped with the latest A13 chip means it, you know it's going to be good for four to five years i mean apple will support it for five years apple support all their devices for five years so well
2: it was uh well it was uh, the stat that i found yesterday which boggled my mind which is the 1400 pound uh dollar sorry galaxy s20 ultra is only getting supported for two years 400 quid on a device and they're only going to give you two years of blooming uh, support for it
1: yeah i think um I think I read that, and the Google Pixels were the same. They only guaranteed you two yearly um, OS updates and then um, security updates for another year. So after three years, it's like you're on your own, pal. Um, and if you're paying $1,400 for something, I think that seems pretty damn poor. But there we go. Um, oh, and also, of course, um, if you buy one of these, I know it's maybe not a huge draw to everybody, but if you buy one of these phones, Apple will chuck in the um, uh, Apple TV Plus subscription. They will chuck you a year's free subscription. I can't argue with that. Up. I mean, you
0: know. Shame they can't can increase the iCloud storage, though, for people.
2: Yes. Oh, I... man, that's madness. <laughs> oh, that, that's the talk of sheer fu- fantasy. That I mean, blimey, they can. That, you bring up a good point. Is that they can smash the latest chip into a phone, but they can't increase the iPhone the the iCloud
1: storage.
3: No, yeah, it, over been increased. Long overdue.
1: you? It really think... it that is that has been a gripe, hasn't it, for a long time? I and mean, what do they give mm-hmm. you? The measly five gig or something? I five know. Five gig. Yeah. yeah, I know. Not everything counts against it. A lot of stuff doesn't count. Um, and I can get by, but then I'm, I don't take photographs and I don't have a huge amount of music on my phone and all the rest. But I really think that, you know, surely they could manage to give you, I don't know, 48 gig or something free.
2: I don't think they would go that far. I would, I would see him. Um, I could see Apple coming out and doing a very Tim Cooky thing. saying, And starting from today, we've doubled your iCloud storage for the free plan. Or something like that.
1: Well, even 16 gig would be something, wouldn't it? I mean, five is just farcical, really. Yeah, it just,
0: just be all your iCloud backups of your phones are, are are free. doesn't count. You can back up your phone to iCloud, and it doesn't count towards your storage. doesn't cost you anything.
1: Mm. Oh, no,
2: that's a good idea. I like the, that I like would That would do, one.
1: wouldn't it? That would do. That is a thing, because let's face it... Um, those who like to fill their phones up with an endless array of applications and music and photos and all, all the rest of it, they're the ones who actually are never getting a backup because their, their iCloud storage is always full. It um, kind of defeats the object. There we go. Especially
0: seeing that they're pushing us to more and more online recovery and online backup. Don't plug your phone into your Mac or whatever. So, I don't know. I think it's just a bit cheap.
1: Yeah. it is cheap uh, it is cheap yeah. indeed that is one of the one of the things that we brought up on the you know how can apple be so profitable and yet occasionally so penny pinching you know um well
2: this is this is I hate to say it, but this is the Tim Cook Apple, you know, which uh, I'm I'm not, I was going to say the Steve wouldn't have done this, but we, you know, it's an unfair statement to make, but it's just all the little things that they do. Then, then they claim credit for it. It's like, you know, we've become more um, ecologically responsible. Yeah. Because you got rid of the liquid metal clip. So that's, (laughs) which is a good thing. Then you'll place it with a stupid paper clip and, you know, taking out the adapter. So you have to buy an adapter, um, so, plug your headphones into a you know, non audio jack phone, and you just think sometimes it's just it comes across as a little bit for me, smarmy. Yes, yeah. but, ah, just me.
1: And um, you know, I mentioned um, a show or so ago that you, if you buy a laptop now, you now no longer get the um, wall socket to the um, charging block extension cable, only the plug that slips onto the charging block. And Apple will. <sighs> Apple will, you know, sting you about 25 quid for one. Um, on Amazon, you can buy a copy one for about £8, pounds, by the way, which looks it's identical to the original. And basically, it's just a 13 amp cord, isn't it? So, you know, it's not a. You haven't got to worry about, um, you know, like it being an actual charger. Is it, you know, is it actually safe? It's just a 13 amp piece of cable. With a plug yeah, but on. It,
2: it just. It, but it's still thing you've got to do when you buy a product oh, yeah. and but then again I suppose if you've got enough cash to go and buy an Apple product you can't really snark about
1: how to buy a you know something like that but you can snark at you can snark at Apple charging you twenty five quid for the same thing. Yeah <laughs> there we go um there's a new Mac OS update can extend your MacBooks battery lifespan um and that is that that refers to the, the latest uh, beta Of uh, Catalina um, 15.5, I think. Um, Yeah, 15.5. Yeah, they're now um, adding, in effect, the the same kind of battery health monitoring as is available in your iPhone. So it's not going to extend your battery life, it will uh, extend your battery life span. Um, the battery health management software examines a number of variables, including the battery temperature and charging history, and uses this info to estimate the remaining battery life. From there, the software determines how much charge is sent to the MacBook, potentially extending the overall life of the battery. There you
3: go. I can just see the I can just see the court case coming along. Apple bang back, back 8.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> Apple. Uh, oh, like <laughs> the, the iPhone.
1: Yep, yeah. Um, Apparently, however, you will need um, a MacBook Air 2018 or MacBook Pro 2016 and newer to take advantage of this battery life extending feature, um, currently available in the 1015.5 public beta. There we are. But that means, for those of you with... This always strikes me as one of those things of, why
2: haven't they done it before? because I've always you know, it's always been that thing of you know. There's always that um, you know, don't leave your don't don't leave your laptop plugged in, which everybody at my old workplace used to do. It's like just they just leave it plugged in and wonder when they go home why it doesn't work that well. I'm very yeah. surprised that it's taken anyone so long to do something like this when the technology has been built into the iPhone for ages. I a lot
3: of it's down to the the. Um... The battery um, chemistry. I mean, they used to tell you, um, you know, charge it up and fully flatten the battery before recharging again. Or, you know, do do it in a cycle. You know, every so often flatten the battery before you recharge it. uh, to extend the battery's life. But nowadays you don't need to worry about that. You can charge up and flatten or not flatten, and it doesn't do any any harm now. Um, So maybe it's something to do with that.
1: I think part of it is actually more to do with the smart technology inside the batteries themselves. Um, Mm. Because lithium polymer batteries, obviously, um, as we know, um, if they become um, fully discharged, there is a piece of technology inside there, which actually disables the battery because if they become too fully discharged, they become unsafe. Um, so, you know, they also they have technology in there which prevents them from drawing too much power or attempting to overcharge or, or, or any of these things. And I'm pretty sure it's that technology inside the batteries themselves, which is being accessed by this kind of um, battery well, health uh- technology funnily
2: enough i've got a very sort of very short story about something like this um, i had my laptop my ipad plugged in the other day and i picked it up forgetting i had it plugged in the 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 lightning sort of snapped a little bit but not fully. and i thought well i'll try it anyway and it seemed to be working and all that sort of stuff then the next day i plugged it in my ipad wasn't charging oh that's weird and i just happened to go in pl- uh, go to unplug the connector and it was roasting hot absolutely roasting hot so i can say first hand that whatever they're doing on the ipad is working and maybe it's something that's been around for ages but um yeah i'm glad to see i'm glad to see the technology finally filtering down to its lesser uh looked after siblings the, the, you know,
1: the old computers that is true I, I guess maybe part of it is as well that until well i say until now because the much larger b- batteries in laptops probably they do not have quite as much need for that kind of um, battery health monitoring um, I mean for many years I used to use uh, coconut battery um, which is a little app you can get um, which will do basically that it will tell you the um, it will it tell you you know the original charge capacity of your battery, the um, current maximum charge capacity, the you know current battery. Yeah, um, you know, cycles as well. Yeah, how many cycles you'd used and so mm. on.
3: I, I use it in mine.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, and so effectively, I think in a way, what well, Apple are just Sherlocking that, aren't they, to some extent?
3: Anything, anything that helps to increase the life of your battery is a good thing because you can't replace them. Uh, no, you
1: can't. Uh, that's not true.
2: That's no, not true. Not,
3: not a simple thing.
2: Well, no, it is. You just gotta go pay Apple a hundred quid.
3: <laughs> well, the old days, you used to take the battery and replace it with a new
1: battery. That is true.
2: I, I, I always get nervous when they take my phone out back. It just strikes me as something shady going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. Yes, tin foil hat. still
2: with us, Andy.
1: Yes, is. yes. I'm just. uh I'm just listening. How
2: long, are we, how long have we got you for, Andy, before you have to go so we can try and...
0: Uh, I can probably do right. another 30 minutes, I guess. All oh, before...
1: right, there we are then, Simon. We've got one here, which is uh, I picked up for Mac Jim because I knew it would interest him. Um, watch the Mac OS ten Leopard running on a 2020 iPad Pro. Um, this is on the cult of Mac. And this is pretty cool. Um, this is uh, effectively... Um, Mac OS 10 Leopard, which we know is quite old. It's what 10.5 Leopard, 10.5, I think. Um, but it's running on an iPad Pro, um, using the UTM emulator, which is a bit like Virtual Box for iOS. Um, and as it says here, um, this uh, this old Mac operating system can run on the iPad Pro. Everything appears to work shockingly well, including the built-in apps and Microsoft Office. Um, and I thought that would appeal to uh, Jim because we know he has said several times that he would quite like, um, and you know, a Mac OS powered tablet rather than a iOS yeah. one, or perhaps as I, well as.
3: Yeah, I, I haven't watched the video yet. Uh, I need to do that tonight. Um, it sounds a good idea. The only problem is, obviously, it's not a so It's not a software. It's made to work with a tablet. So it'd be interesting to see how we'd managed to get things to work. Well, I suppose now that you can use mouse and uh, trackpads, now that might be a wee bit easier. But uh, yeah, I would love to see uh, an iPad with macOS on it. Um, you know, do what do that for the professional users and iOS for the you know the normal consumers. Yeah, but
1: uh,
3: an an iPad with macOS, yes, one.
1: It's an interesting concept, anyway. I thought we just—I just point that out. It's quite—it's quite a fun little video to watch. Um, as we say, you know, leopard is uh, far from um, modern, as it were, but um, an interesting piece of uh, work by this by this guy, and um, one of those. Why did you do it? Because I could.
3: <laughs> if, I, if I remember rightly, I queued up for that software in the first in the day of issue. What, Leopard? I think so, the Glasgow store. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember exactly. What, when was the last time we stopped, you know, the last time we queued to get out and buy the software?
1: Oh, for me, Snow Leopard. I was going to say, I think Snow Snow Leopard was the... Well, wasn't Snow Leopard the last one that you had to go out and buy? Because Lion, which was 10.7, was the first one that you could just download directly from the app store?
3: Those were the days when you got a free T-shirt... <laughs> got a free oh, T-shirt, but,
2: yeah, you know. and now you don't even get a sticker anymore, which I find just oh. But again, that annoys me. I, I want my sticker.
1: You want your sticker. Yes, back in the day, we always used to joke that the uh, the Apple stickers were thousands of pounds apiece They just threw in a free computer when you bought them. Um, Apple have won dismissal of a lawsuit uh, claiming that it broke FaceTime on older iPhones. Um, as we uh, have said. Was it the uh, 13.4? iOS 13.4 slash iPad OS 13.4 introduced a bug where it was um, no longer possible to FaceTime um, phones or uh, uh, devices on iOS 9, I think, and uh, 10.11 on the Mac. But apparently somebody jumped on this, you know, on this bug in about the two days before Apple fixed it and filed a lawsuit saying that Apple had broken their FaceTime. Uh, There's a link to Apple Insider here. Um, Quite sensibly, it would appear that a court has dismissed this lawsuit as frivolous. So there we go. A win for common sense for once. For once. For once. For once. There we go. Um, because we all know, the second Apple make a mistake, there's a class action lawsuit. And uh, Tim Cook, as I said, top of the show. Uh, Tim Cook has been—I um, don't know if he's been co-opted or uh, you know told to join or whatever—but he is part of the new California Economic Task Force, um, which I believe consists of about eighty. Uh, people, including Bob Iger of Disney, uh, Tim Cook from Apple, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, of course, uh, previous governor of California. And uh, I believe several other previous governors of California and a lot of other um, people who are, I guess, uh, either tech or uh, financial wizards. Um, not quite sure what the point of it is, but there you go. Uh, possibly just PR for California. We've set up an economic task force of you know if it's anything big weeks.
2: WWE. It'll be uh. Well, we paid we paid so and so quite a lot of money, and now we're going to get our factories back open because we're deemed as an essential service. <laughs> I had that rant yesterday, so I'll leave that one for today
1: <laughs> There we go um, I mean, I can understand where some people like, um, you know, Tim Cook or possibly previous governors of California have been appointed um, I'm not quite sure why some of the other people like, I'm not quite sure what, uh, you know Bob Iger of Disney has to contribute to a economic task force but there we go, I suppose he's chairman of a huge company Maybe it's got something to what do with I,
2: it. Yeah, there, there it is, you see. Why? Because what has he got invested, interested in? Oh, only an organisation that needs people to come to it.
1: <laughs> that is true. So
2: by him being on the economic task force, he can sort of start going, well, yeah, it's more or less safe enough to open up Disneyland again.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, um, we'll move on to the technology. Um, GitHub. Um, This is one for Weihan really. GitHub has sharply slashed its plan pricing um, and offers core features for free to all. Um, This is... I don't know if this is a surprise or not. Obviously, um, GitHub were acquired by Microsoft, so I assume Microsoft are, um, you know, underwriting this this giveaway to some extent. They have slashed the price... um, of paid plans by basically 50%. um, Entry-level paid tier now costs $4 per user per month instead of $9 uh, previously. Um, And there is a more expensive tier um, with greatly expanded storage and SAML sign-on, and there is a specialized GitHub One service. Um, But uh, all the core features are now available to all for free, um, including, I believe, unlimited storage. Um, and you use GitHub, don't you, Andy?
0: Yeah, I do just for some code stuff. I don't do a lot, but um, yeah, and it's, you know, Microsoft have seemed to have this uh, process now where they're um, making things um, good for the community. Um, so fair play to them. Um, I think this will, as it says on the article, I think they want to increase their, um, developer accounts from forty million to a hundred million. So, I think this will be uh, this will be good um, for everyone, really.
2: Yes, Microsoft seems to have a bit of a habit of doing quite cool things recently. It's um because you know we most of us here grew up with them in the monolith era: Windows Seven, XP, uh, then Vista, and stuff like that. Um, and now they just I'm I'm liking. I don't think they'll ever get to the point where they're agile but they definitely do seem to swim a lot faster these days i think
1: it i think a lot of people said this um when Satya nadella took the helm um you know obviously bill bill gates handed over to um oh i've gone completely blank but that was the that was the era of you know windows everywhere we Win, you know windows must dominate everything and um Yes, Steve Ballmer. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you very much. I'd gone; I could see his face in my mind, but I, his name had gone completely blank. Um, developers,
3: developers, developers. In, uh, oh, that
1: is yeah, correctly. That yes, de- developers. Monkey boy dance. Um, the that era was dominated by you know we must protect our cash cows of Windows and Microsoft Office, and it was about Windows everywhere. Um, when Satya took over. I mean, uh, he came from the cloud uh, side of of Microsoft and analysts or those who knew him and, you know, knew about Microsoft said that this would usher in a completely new era. And I think he himself said that he wanted Microsoft to pivot from Windows everywhere to Microsoft product everywhere and that Windows would no longer be a, a sacred cow. And of course that he he delivered on that. I mean, obviously Azure has become a huge product for Microsoft. Their cloud services, you know, go up against um, the might of Amazon's web services. Um, you know, they put Microsoft Office on iOS, they you know, they really did pivot. Yeah, um, Microsoft Microsoft's a very
3: different company now from what it was. It's oh. visibly different. In oh, many
1: ways. Very, very many ways. A completely different company. Um, They're not Apple, you know, um, and there are certainly things about Microsoft that, you know a lot of people still dislike, but they are a completely different company. And for, I mean, the the biggest changes, you know, they went from describing uh, Linux and open source as a cancer, you know, in in the industry, to being quite big backers. And uh, things like um, this GitHub um, price cut and uh, opening up of services is is very much. Uh, oh, if you look
3: at if you look at that hardware, um... yeah. Definitely, That's, they they actually really do compete against Apple's products in many ways. Yes, they've got the polish and the design. That's you know there are
2: oh yeah, I mean the the Surface Pro on paper was a beautiful bit of kit. I was lucky enough to use one in work a couple of years ago, but the problem was there's just no there was just no software for it. I mean when you every time you went onto the App Store, the that you know, the Windows App Store is just a travesty, absolute travesty. It makes the iOS App Store look bound to fall in, you know, uh, just perfect by all comparisons. And the only OneNote that really would take advantage of the pencil was OneNote. Because you, you go in there and you think, right, okay, where are the apps and stuff like that, like you, like you would expect to get on the iPad. And there was just nothing there, unfortunately. I always secretly wish that the, um, the Surface RT had done better.
1: Yes, I think that unfortunately the Surface RT was a strategic disaster um, because I don't think they they didn't present it right. They presented it at the same time as the Surface Pro, and a lot of people didn't understand that it was the Surface RT was iOS to you know the Surface Pro's Windows. Um, It was a completely different kettle of fish but it was not marketed as such and it led to a strategic disaster but there we go I also think though Mark that Microsoft have moved on from that to some extent I I know you you say that but you know a few years have passed since you you know had that experience and I think you'll find it is much better The, the surface certainly would not be getting the traction it's got in you know enterprise if that was still the case so,
2: uh, yeah, but you say, but the thing is, though, like, people go with uh, anything that's got the word window labeled on it because you know, Apple still have that notion of being expensive, not compatible with Windows stuff.
1: Possible, possible, but um, anyway, we're drifting off, and I know Andy is running out of time, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a couple of things we want to talk about. Um, Apple and Google in standoff with NHS over contact tracing, um, the NHS. X, um, which apparently is the NHS technology division, um, want to use the uh, Apple and Google contact tracing technology, which we talked about before. Um, But Apple and Google are apparently, now this is according to this article on Cult of Mac, and it's not really clear how much of it is true. Um, Apparently, Apple and Google are not prepared at this time to... Let the NHS use this as yet unfinished and unreleased technology until the NHS um, make uh, a commitment to it being decentralized and truly anonymous. Which, uh... <laughs> yeah, good luck with that.
3: Well, well it was good to read, um, you know, Google, Google saying that they want to limit. Uh... Any possibility of abuse and surveillance uh, being, you know, the apps, this app being used for. Um, so at least, at least Apple and Google are fighting um, the NHS people on that front.
1: I, I don't know if they, I mean, you know, the NHS has issued a statement saying that this isn't actually true. Um, and so, you know, this could, this article could be a load of uh, nothing, but um, it's, it's good to see that apple and google are saying that they are designing this technology to be transparent anonymous and um decentralized so that no one can use the information to actually track anybody uh, the idea being that each device would have a uh, its own id which is not tied to your you know apple id or anything else a purely uh, like apple card a purely made up tag which belongs to your phone um and it's not tied to your actual phone device id either um and that the information from the contact um you know contacts coming into range of the bluetooth would be stored on the individual devices um uh so you know that's good that's a good thing um
2: yeah, I mean, that's, they've they've got to they've got to fight this battle because w- what was the old things that we've forgotten about? Was it COPA and then SOPA where they wanted to um, literally have logs of everything? Then they tried to do the old pawn blocking thing. So if if they if they don't stick their ground, then this is nothing more than a way for the government to say, well, you know what, you he did help us on this one project, so
1: we don't see why you can't. Help yes. us on this little one as well very much so and I, although you know i i don't think that there's going to be too much problem with this apple google technology i also understand why a lot of people are very wary because anything that um i'm sure andy will agree with this it's very easy for things to be implemented under you know the under the shadow of a global emergency, um, which are very yeah, you difficult. Can't trust them. Yes, exactly. You can't trust the government. Don't trust the government. Eat the rich. Um, yeah. You know who you can trust? LinksCars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if, if,
3: if you allow them to actually, um, you know, break into systems uh, and add, add things that can you know track you and collect your data and that, your problem is then you know, OK, they're, they're, they're using the virus crisis as a reason for putting, you know, putting all this in place. But once, the, once this crisis is over, will they roll it back? No. Uh, that's going to be a difficulty.
1: Yes.
2: You, you can, you, you, they would keep the technology because they go, oh, well, we, now we've got this technology, we might as well keep it just in case something happens again and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, I, I mean, we discussed yesterday that at least, or we're hoping, that the device, for what Apple, what Apple is saying is that all of the information, like your uh, machine learning, is done on the device. It stays on the device. So when you nuke it, it's gone.
3: Yes. Yeah. The, the worry is that uh, something gets left behind when when the app is uninstalled. But the, the way things are looking, going with the information here, um, it's going to be mid-May before they even allow the APIs to come out for. The various yeah. countries to 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 build, so but with with a bit of work and hope, uh, it may not be needed. Um, yeah, it, it by the time. By the time it, yeah, the time it's available.
1: Because let's you know, at the moment, just because Apple and Google have got an idea how they're going to make it work, there's a difference between coming up with an idea on how something works and then actually making it work. So there we are. Good. Yeah, because
3: it's got to work. I at, really.
1: Yes, it has indeed. Um. I'm going to move on because there's a couple of things I'd like Andy to comment on before we uh, wrap up. Google has issued a warning for 2 billion Chrome users. Uh, This was on Forbes, but you can find it elsewhere. Um, Apparently, the version of Chrome for Windows, Mac, and Linux uh, has a critical flaw which can allow for remote code execution um, and Google have pushed out a new build. Um, so if you are, um, a Chrome user, please make sure you have updated to the very latest version. Um, there you go. Public service announcement. Facebook, uh, now has, um, a thing, uh, was it off Facebook activity, which, uh, shows you what you've been doing while you're not actually on Facebook. Um, this comes Andy, from
2: do you want to just take I was gonna say Andy, do you wanna just take us through that one a little bit? Because you had a good explanation of uh, oh, the
0: Facebook one, yeah. I've not read not gone into it too much detail, but I believe this is just them being a bit more um uh, <clears throat> transparent with what they're tracking of you. Um, I think this is being tracked by the the Facebook like buttons and the um the a, any cookies that they dump on your machine. And this is just now showing you a place where on their on the app, I think on the web, where you can actually see that, whereas before it was hidden from the user. So I think that they are being a little bit more transparent. I hate to say that.
1: Uh,
2: is, it, is it actually a Facebook app, or are they just using Electron or something like that? Because if you're using Electron, does that still give you access to the cookies and such? No, stuff? this
0: is. Um, I think this is just part of their app or the Facebook back end that they're now showing you. What they've collected. So this is just um, Facebook, like the like buttons on the web that can trace you. Um, even if you just visit the website, you don't even need to click the like button. Um, it's tracing you. Uh, it can trace you across uh, different web websites. Um, so I think I'm just showing you now what what they are actually. Uh...
2: So they're, they're basically, as you said, they're basically just sort of making it obvious now. It's like saying, well, you know that suspicion that you had about us. Tada!
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit like the Google now where you can go in and see your activity. Um, you know, you can see what exactly, I mean, the Google one I think is very good because it's very transparent. You know, you, you search for something on one machine or on your phone, it, everything comes up in a timeline. So I think it's Facebook trying to be a little bit more um transparent to the users but I don't trust them so
3: no on the one hand I'm not surprised with Facebook doing this but on the other hand I'm surprised that Apple even uh, allowed that to to be able to happen on you new
2: know, iOS well I'd... I suppose the thing is is if the, if you're tying into the yeah the uh, the webkit browser I'm supposing that would give you access to the cookies which is why I was wondering does the like does the Facebook app have access to um, to your cookies. but I think as and, and you said no. Andy, yesterday, you, you you said that everyone's got a, a shadow account anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean this is this is this is on the server side. If you think of the Facebook like buttons and stuff, it's on the server side, so it doesn't even have to be on. It's not a cookie that's on your local machine. The cookies are an issue as well, but on iOS, they um, they only get access to WebKit, but they don't get access to your Safari generally. But if you visit a website with a Facebook like button on then my understanding is that technology is there yeah. to to join the dots
1: i mean it's basically that... facebook can track you because facebook has trackers everywhere um which is why you know yeah i recommend the the use of uh, you know tracker blockers like crystal and uh ghostery and so on and um you said didn't you um andy obviously that a good if you must use facebook a good way to do it is, uh, particularly on the Mac, is to use uh, Firefox because you can get an extension called Facebook Container. Yeah, so- that's
0: what I generally do, yeah. Um, it just allows, it stops the, so it prevents this from, so if you log into, say you log into Facebook, like on a standard browser, if you log into to Facebook in a tab, somewhere and you're just, you know, doing your account or doing nothing with it, every website you go to in other tabs in the same browser, those Facebook like buttons or the cookie technology is, you know, linking where you're going and tracking you. Whereas the Facebook container, um, there is, I think it's called Firefox containers as well, which allows you to put, say, your banking in one secured um, tab as well. Um, it just, it, it acts as a sandbox. So the um, the Facebook website can't speak to the the rest of the browser it just is self-contained it's like a little container yeah um, so it prevents that tracking
1: so basically if you you know if you really must do uh facebook use uh, the firefox and the container um and uh we've got a link that form for that which i will put into the show notes um and i know andy's running out of time um zoom in the news, again, for all the wrong reason. Uh, half a million Zoom accounts for sale on the dark web and hacker forums. Uh, <clears throat> hackers are selling a critical Zoom zero-day exploit for um, £400,000, apparently. They've got, allegedly, one for Windows and one for Mac. Um, Andy, you brought up uh, in the conversation previously, uh, you know, yesterday, in the one we failed to record due to my machine going... Barely up at uh, Pihole. Would you just like to tell us about Hole?
0: Yeah. So Hole is um, is a you can run it as a Docker image on a on a machine or on a Synology or you can run it on a Raspberry Pi. I just run mine on a Raspberry Pi. Um, I've got mine. It's basically an ad like prevention and a um, it it is, but it's done at the network level. So it, it's a like an an ad blocker, but it has much more to it than that. That's the basic of it. So I have mine set up to block all of um, the advertising, all of the Google um, advertising. So the, the one downside or good side is when I do a Google search at the top of the Google um, search rate, uh, results, you normally get like, you know, ad or say essential Apple, but I can't follow that link because it blocks the, um, the ad side of it. Um, and then I have mine set up to do, um, which was really simple as well, using the f- Cloudflare 1.1.1.1 um, DNS server. So do the DNS, uh, crypt. So the DNS is encrypted. So my ISP can't see any of my DNS traffic. And then I, um, you can extend the, uh, pie hole. It's got a massive community. Um, the exam, one of the examples I've done is I've got a Samsung smart TV and it was showing me adverts and all sorts of crap when I first got it. So using pihole I've added the Samsung URLs to the, um, to the book, to the, uh, a block list so now my tv runs normally but it doesn't show me any samsung tv or uh, adverts and it doesn't it, it's not able to communicate back with any of my viewing habits i highly recommended. really easy to set up really good little project really good community highly um, recommend yeah um, i've got a link to that look at it.
1: and i've also got a link to a setup guide from smart home for beginners um if anybody wants to have a look at that so uh, that's piehole.net and smarthomebeginner.com dot com pihole setup guide, um, and does uh, pihole work
3: with all browsers, or is it just a specific type of browser? Is is it, it, it acts as because
0: it's a standalone box on your network. All you do is you point your um, DNS on your um your router or on your um, local machine, and just ah, put right. the the yeah. the pie, the the local. So mine is on a two five o address. So my DNS settings from my router pushes out. The Hole is the main domain, uh, DNS, and if it fails over, I just go to 1.1.1 dot is the backup.
3: And where did you actually install that too? Uh,
0: you can. It needs to be on a. Uh, I've got mine on a Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. um, running, and it just sits there, and I it updates, and um, it's a good little project. Or you can run it on a Docker image if you've got like a server machine running all the time at home, or you can install it on a Synology as a Docker image as well if you've got a Synology.
3: All right. I've got a Synology drive, which I'll need to set up. Yeah. On
0: the Pi hole. I mean, a Raspberry Pi, I mean, you don't need a very powerful one. You can pick one up for, like, Mm. I don't know, $35 or something.
2: Excellent. It's just a basic one you can get. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh,
1: I might try that myself. It's It's really
0: good. It really is. Just don't eat it.
1: Excellent, hmm. excellent. Um, and do, do, do we know, um, Andy, what the minimum spec pie raspberry Pi you would need for that? Because obviously, there's oh, several different ones. That's a really good question. Because obviously, uh, uh, you can go all the way, you know, if you're interested. I mean, what was it? The Pi Zero, it sells for about five quid or something stupid.
0: Yeah, um, Pi Zero, Let's see what it has. I think you can. Yeah, there's a Pi Zero W, I think it says here, that you can install it on. I'm not sure if that's the minimum, but certainly uh, on Adafruit is saying that you can install it on there, yeah.
2: It never fails to amaze me that when you put an ad blocker on, just how it transforms your browsing experience just by knocking off the trackers alone. It's not not so much the adverts. It's all the long, long, long long-winded tracking scripts that sort of really
1: uh, scupper it. Indeed, uh, which is why I use Ghostry. There we go. Um, right. Well, I can't right at this second find the um, the minimum spec, but uh, I mean...
0: You can run on a Zero W, yeah.
1: You can. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can build one of these for about 10 quid or something.
0: It's a good, good project, especially for kids, um, because you can get them to... Uh, a friend of mine built one with his uh, teenage son and started teaching him about... The tracking and the way that people are taking your data and stuff like that. So it uses a learning um, to make them a bit more uh, streetwise, if you like, online.
2: Lovely. Does it help with Roblox? What's that? Does it help with Roblox?
1: <laughs> Roblox. No, Roblox. The, the 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 sort of coding gaming uh, thing. It's a bit like
0: oh, <laughs> uh, probably. You could put the uh, you could put the URLs in there so that they can play online. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Right, and here's, here's one. Uh, this, 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 I put this in just a snippet because this was uh, an amusing little piece um, that I found, which is researchers used PC fan vibrations to steal air-gapped data. I mean, and this was on input. Um, apparently, uh, some researchers uh, developed some quote-unquote uh, malware to uh, transmit data from an air-gapped PC by altering the... Um, the fan vibrations in said um, machine and using a smartphone accelerometer to pick up these vibrations and um, obviously convert them back into data, which is a very clever project and, uh, you know, a kind of proof of concept how uh, air gapping has to be uh, strictly monitored. But uh, as they say, um, it, it transmits about half a bit per second, um, at which rate you would take a whole week to uh, fill up an original floppy? So um, and probably easily
2: thwarted by flatulation. <laughs> yeah,
1: and also easily thwarted by not letting anybody bring a smartphone into your super secure. Uh, air-gapped room but uh, you know i don't think the point was actually to uh, develop a malicious piece of (laughs) software i think this is more of a can we do something absolutely bonkers um, as a way to extract information from um, an air-gapped pc uh, as they said in their in their piece, I, I think, you know, if your super-secure facility doesn't notice a strange smartphone laying next to your air-gapped uh, computer for a week, then there's something terribly wrong. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was an interesting piece. And, of course, uh, you know, it's not the first time I've heard things about this. Um, I think uh, Andy and I have both heard in the past of not only using the fan vibrations. Um, I think there was one where they were doing something by altering the pitch of the fans by slightly altering the speed. Um, there was one, I believe where they were introducing, um, flicker into the monitor, which could be read by, you know, filmed and read back. Um, there are nefarious people out there who are trying very hard sometimes to get into secure, um, computers there we are
3: it so it shows
1: a
2: bit he's been waiting for this You can i, know.
1: I know well done jim well done <laughs> top absolute top yes it is very much um but you know it just shows that these things can be done uh bizarre and as outlandish as they are but uh good plot i guess for a james bond movie or as you say mission impossible there um and the last the last worth a chirp really for the show is apple have made some apple tv plus shows free for a limited time uh due to the old lockdown so uh there you go you don't actually have to subscribe to apple tv plus to see all of the shows some shows are available free it's not all of the shows uh, Is just some of them, but uh, you can apparently get some of them for free, regardless of whether you have a subscription or not, at least at the moment. And I think that's a wrap, don't you, boys?
2: Yep, I need to get out of here. I've got things. I've actually got, uh, I was going to say things. I've got a thing to do.
3: Yeah, you drink a bottle of wine?
2: Well, I'm going to finish it off. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, Jim. <laughs> You know, you don't want it to, you know, in in this time, you don't want to be wasteful. So I think it's only fair that I, you know, make progress through it today.
0: <laughs> Isn't that a new uh, new podcast for you? The Wine Men or something like that.
2: <laughs> well, the Wining Men, I could do that one solo. So I got not this podcast yeah, thing.
0: One man, a bottle of wine, and the week's technology news. I'd <laughs> I'd listen to it. Oh, yes. no. You could call it worth a slip. A slip. Worth a slip. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd listen to
2: it. I'd <laughs> oh, get nibs on to uh, critique some beers and say, "Oh, this week's worth a slip." <laughs> what
3: was the What was the character from Australia the the that the, um, got drunk as he went, went through the whole show?
2: Oh, the fast show guy.
3: No, the um, he was a diplomat.
1: Oh, the character. Uh, it's Les Patterson. Had, Les he, he Patterson, did, um, Australian cultural attaché. I believe yeah, you're thinking and he also of do it, the, the Dame Edna. Well. Dame Edna was, uh, was the most yeah. famous character. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Les Patterson, Australian cultural attaché, who would, guess, mm-hmm. who would come on and get progressively more drunk.
3: Um, so no, we,
2: could, I we, could have, we could have Mark doing that part while he does his wine testing. Well, I do that. I was doing that in the Slack room. <laughs> by the way, we have a Slack channel, everyone, if you'd like to come and join us. And yeah. nobody was around. I was just rambling to myself. And you know that I get drunk when I start posting music videos.
1: <laughs> well, if I was if I was to join you on that, probably by the end, it would be a case of... <laughs> More. Ah, computer. This is ah, all very coming into
2: my drinking time. Wrap it
1: up. I need to drink. <laughs> <laughs> all right so mark where can we find you around the interwebs
2: uh you can follow me on the twitter at ocean speed my youtube channel if you go and have a youtube for essential apple i'm posting there even though uh, i've got a slight
1: um uh, what's it called bottleneck or oh, thingy well, it, I can. you've got a nice video on there about um about video stabilization. Which was yes, very good. so if
2: you have ever wanted to do um, video stabilization on your iOS device, uh, take a look at that. Uh, I'm also on here, I'm on the Watching Men podcast as well with Carl Madden, where we take a light-hearted look into the world of media and TV and basically Jean-Luc Picard on Amazon is still rubbish. It's <laughs> uh, a
3: good show right
2: it. well all
1: right <laughs> Come all on right. lads no <laughs> no <wait. laughs> right no andy's got to go after the... I'm... Yeah. you after always know andy's gotta go to get
2: a whatsapp message
1: yeah come on yeah, yeah. No. andy where can uh, people find your work uh, and don't forget to mention your new blog oh yeah uh, i'm at
0: dougie most places uh twitter and in the in the um in the slack room and i just started up my blog again after getting my um preferred um Web address, which I was after for a while, uh, which is just uh, www.doug.ee.
2: Um, and you managed to get it from Estonia, which I find I did, exciting.
0: yeah. And I got it down for, it was only $13 for the year, which is really good, because it started off at like 50 euros with one company. But, and I didn't need any Estonia government ID this time. So that was good.
2: <laughs> this, sounds like a, this sounds like a nice little Patreon show in the making. How to get a domain from Estonia with Dougie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so i've just started putting up a few little things security wise and some other bits um that i'm coming across um it's not going to be nothing too fancy uh too complex but I, I am going to write up we spoke yesterday about um how i have my firefox set up for protection so i do um that's something which i'm going to get up this week um and i'll send over to you guys
1: awesome
3: That'd be good to read uh
1: james where can we find you
3: uh, in the Slack group, uh, also uh, on Flickr as the SRP as page shop, or I'm the administrator of the Essential Apple Slack group, uh, Flickr group.
1: Excellent, excellent. Um, and you can find me on uh, the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K. Uh, all of our stuff is over on EssentialApple.com. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports the show any way at all. You know, Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends, retweeting our rubbish, and uh, generally supporting us. Even a bigger thank you to those who support us via Patreon or the Pinecast Tips Jar. And I think with that, I will say we'll see you next week. So until then, goodbye. Cheerio. Cheerio.
2: Cheerio. Cheerio.
1: Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that i forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Some people like their live casts to be informative to the point, provocative and timely. The Mac to the Future livecast is some of those things, but we won't say which ones. Join Dave Ginsberg, Guy Searle, and Warren Sklar for a weekly dose of Apple Fun every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Facebook or in the Mac to the Future Facebook group.